Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep and she don't know where to find them. Yo, Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where yesterday an event called the Superb Owl captivated the hearts of millions of Americans across the nation. Apparently, people just stare at this pristine, majestic owl for three straight hours. I'm not exactly sure why, but it was the talk of the town yesterday, and apparently that owl was pretty lit. So, woot woot, or should I say, hoot hoot. (laughs) Sorry. This is a really weird intro. Just trying to be extra wacky today. But on the reel, yesterday was, of course, the Super Bowl. It was an epic, epic game. Congratulations to the New England Patriots and Tom Brady once again. I guess this is their MO in winning championship games. Trail the whole game and then somehow win the game pretty much at the very end. Incredible comeback by Tom Brady. Super heartbreaking for the Falcons in Atlanta. The Dirty Birds got done, did dirty themselves by a true champion, I guess. So, But who cares? Because we have the Lakers. This is a Lakers podcast. The Lakers did some demolishing themselves by destroying the New York Knicks tonight, 121-107. And by doing so, they are now have 18 wins, more wins than all of last year. And they still have about 25 to 30 games left to go. I can't really do my math right now. 28 to be exact. So... 
Great job by the Lakers. Probably one of their best wins of the season, especially on the road. But, you know, the news of the night is Luke Walton going all young core for the most part and really emphasizing the young guys on this team, starting Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Tarek Black, Nick Young, and D'Angelo Russell. Letting Luau Deng come off the bench, only playing 23 minutes, and Timothy Mozgov getting a DNP, which was surprising. So that was the big news of the night. Who knows if that was spurred on at all by Luke Walton's talk with Magic Johnson. They've already talked for an hour or two, so I doubt that Magic Johnson's the one who spurred that on, but you never know. Before we get started, though, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us on iTunes, that's how many times D'Angelo Russell will flash his pearly white teeth whenever he can to the camera because they're nice and shiny. And ever since he got those new veneers, he's been passing it like a true point guard. So there you go. Rate interview us on iTunes. Uh, with that said, today our show is mainly going to be focused on Zubots, actually. We pre recorded. A segment on Ivica Zubats, me, Tommy, and Alan did. And unfortunately, they're not able to be here with me for this opening segment. But in just a few minutes, I'm going to turn it over to our pre recorded segment talking about the great, the awesome, the incredible World War Zoo, Ivica Zubats, and how we assess his value now and where he ranks in the Lakers' young core. So, We'll get to that in just a little bit, but I wanted to talk a little bit about this game tonight against the New York Knicks because, obviously, like I said, the big news is Luke Walton going full tilt young core tonight. And, wow, it obviously paid dividends tonight because the young guys were revved up, energetic. Brandon Ingram, don't look now, but ever since he struggled the last week or two, last week, he's bounced back the last two games tonight and against the Celtics with back-to-back 14-point games, really shooting it well from the outside. He hit two threes tonight. He also hit two threes against the Celtics. You know, tonight he had 14 points, seven rebounds, two assists, one steal. Against the Celtics, 14 points, six rebounds, one assist. So Brandon Ingram played an amazing game tonight, I thought. He really ran the floor well in transition, made some really nice reads and passes to guys in transition as well. He had that bounce pass to Julius Randle where he just stopped on a dime at the free throw line and crisply bounced it to him he made some really aggressive cuts finished really strong on his layups so I just thought Brandon Ingram played a really really solid game tonight he obviously got the start and I think that's how it's going to be moving forward and we can only rejoice in that fact that Luau Deng is coming off the bench the young guys are going to be unhindered for the most part and it was probably one of the most impressive Laker games on the road this entire year where they pretty much dominated from beginning to end the entire way through 29-19 the first quarter 32-26 the second 36-28 the third you know they got outscored in the fourth but at that point they were pretty much blowing out the Knicks the entire way and they did it mainly through really good defense actually and offensive rebounding they had 20 offensive rebounds to the Knicks six and the Knicks are just god awful at this point Porzingis is only five for 14 And the Lakers just played as a collective unit and team tonight, and that was the most fun part to see and most impressive part to see. Outside of Brandon Ingram, you know, D'Angelo Russell only played 19 minutes. I kind of wish that he had gotten a little more time, especially since they were, since Luke was pumping out the young guys. But given the score and given how much they were leading by, I'm not too bothered by it. He did have six assists and zero turnovers, and that's what impressed me the most. You know, he was firing some really, really nice no-look passes to people. You know, one to Brandon Ingram in the lane for the jam. Another one to Nick Young, but Nick Young wasn't able to convert it. And 
it's crazy to see D'Angelo's progression just these last three or four games into becoming a really good pure point guard who knows how to run the team and run the offense. And we've said it before, but whenever D'Angelo starts the game off looking to make the simple plays and looking to make the simple passes, that opens it up for the flashy ones that he usually likes to take. Except when he starts off really solidly and fundamentally, when he makes those flashy passes later on down the road, they become more solid and they become more on point. So props to D'Angelo Russell for doing exactly what the team needed him to do and not going above and beyond that or trying to do too much. So I thought he played a perfectly fine game. You know, Tarek Black started at center today. He had 9 points, 10 rebounds, and was a team-high plus 34. I think a lot of us would have wanted to see Zubats start, but at this point, you know, I'm fine with them starting Tarek Black, especially against a team like the Knicks who start Kylo Quinn at this point. And also, it might just be the case that we might be showcasing Tarek Black in a trade who knows, you know, to show other teams that we do have a very capable, solid, energetic, very mobile center that we can give a team and help a team pretty much. So even if it's to, to show other teams that we can throw Tarek Black in to a Louisville trade just to sweeten the deal or sweeten the pot, I think it's smart that they're starting him now. I'm not sure if it'll change depending on matchups. Like if we play against Andre Drummond, are they, are we, is Luke still going to start Tarek Black? I don't know. But at least for tonight, it totally worked on the court. And uh, it's just a lot better to have a mobile center. And unfortunately, Timofey Mozgov kind of got pinched and... You know, he did a good job kind of shutting his mouth and not saying anything too incendiary in the post game, but it was clear that he was disappointed, not even getting any minutes. And it is surprising to see him get a flat out DNP. We'll have to see and monitor that situation as, as it moves forward. But outside of Tarek Black and D'Angelo Russell and, and Ingram, it was nice to see Julius Randle come back healthy after having bouts with pneumonia the last week or so. And in 17 minutes, he had 14 points, two rebounds, two assists, no turnovers, and hit seven of 14 of his shots. He was taking guys off the dribble from the three-point line and taking it all the way in for the layup. He had like a turnaround fadeaway jump shot on Porzingis. He was doing his Julius randall things by getting the offensive rebounds and putting it back. So Julius Randle looked like he was all the way back tonight, and it was very encouraging to see, especially because he's been battling that pneumonia and looking very sluggish so props to Julius for getting back on track you know Lou Williams is Lou Williams showing teams hey you guys could totally use me trade for me 22 points 6 for 11 from the field 3 for 5 from 3 point land he had a 4 point play getting foul calls 7 for 7 from free throw line in only 25 minutes I also thought Jordan Clarkson played really well he was very aggressive he didn't have very many turnovers, and he had that really nice pass to Zubats for an open dunk. You know, he draw two defenders in, was going to take a fadeaway jump shot, and then at the last minute, knew Zubats was wide open and fired a bullet pass to him, and Zubats was able to dunk it. So even Jordan Clarkson's playmaking was kind of on display tonight. He had 12 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. This was one of those nights where everybody was sort of clicking, everybody was contributing, and it didn't matter. There wasn't just one guy who was uh, taking over the offense or who had to put the entire team on his back. I think it, it definitely showed. Larry Nance, what can you say? His second straight double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 3 steals, 2 assists. He looked so athletic tonight. He was getting lob passes and stretching out his arms to catch errant passes and tipping it in. He had that ridiculous one-handed uh, put back on I forgot who missed the shot but he just put it he jammed it down really ferociously and you know Larry Nance is one of those dunkers who 
effortless dunker, I think is the word to describe Larry Nance. He makes it look so easy, but really the feats that he's able to pull off are really, really impressive and very hard to do and very athletic. But the way he does it, it just looks like nothing. So Larry Nance has been playing amazingly. He's been active on defense, on offense, doing the right things. In Boston, he had 18 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, three steals. I mean, what more can you ask from this guy? I am so impressed by the way that Larry Nance has bounced back from his little knee ailment that he was dealing with earlier in the year. So uh, it finally looks like these guys are coming together and it's good to see that Luke Walton's kind of flipping the switch here and setting the tenor for the setting the tenor and tone of the rest of the season moving forward to end this to close this it's going to be clearly full out full tilt young core. And that's all we could ask for. Whether that means wins, whether that means losses, I don't care. If we continue to play like this, it'll be an amazing way to close the season pretty much. And I don't think we're going to continue to play like this because, you know, whenever drastic changes like this happen, usually there's always like a first game where like emotions are running high, the guys are all amped up. So this could be just one of those things where the Lakers were just excited to have the young guys run the show and they pulled it off. We'll have to see how that continues moving forward against Detroit, against Milwaukee. But so far, the initial signs are very promising. And at the very least, we're going to be seeing a lot of the young guys. So that's all we can ask for, really. Um, with that said, I think I will stop talking by myself. I'm sure you guys would like that to happen as well. And I'm going to turn it over to our discussion on Ivica Zubac. So tonight, Zubac started off the game kind of rocky. He was missing shots. He started off the game like 1 for 4, 1 for 5, and then rebounded in the second half. But in only 17 minutes, he had 10 points, 7 rebounds, 1 steal, and 4 blocks. He was sending back Willie Hernan Gomez's shot and Kuzminkas' shot many times and, and some of those guys were trying to dunk on him and he just totally stuffed them so Zubats had a very impressive game too even though it was limited and even though some of his shots came in quote-unquote garbage time but he had that really nice D'Angelo Russell pick and roll you know where D'Angelo pocket pass bounced past to him and he just ran and in, ran into the lane and jammed it home from the free throw line so Zubats again even in limited minutes had a very solid game even though Against the Celtics, he was very subpar and only got limited minutes. So I think the future is still very bright for this guy. We can only hope that if we do ship off Tarek Black and if we are showcasing Tarek Black for a trade, that Zubats becomes front and center uh, with the rest of our young core. And hopefully he gets a chance to start with those guys because I think seeing Brandon Ingram and D'Angelo Russell play significant minutes with each other was great. I'd love to see D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, and Zubats also play significant minutes with one another because... Zubats is lethal in the pick and roll. He's lethal whenever he plays with D'Angelo Russell. So the more minutes we can get those two together, uh, the more promise and flash the progress we're going to see. So so yeah, our next segment is going to be exactly on Ivica Zubats. We're gonna, me, Tommy, and Alan are going to be talking about how we view his value now, whether we should still view him as a second-round prospect that we... Uh, hit the jackpot with whether we should view him as a steal or moving forward is he just a cemented part of our young core and where would we rank him in our young core so we'll get to that on the turn hi this is maury moreland morrison here to tell you geico has more than just great savings much more geico has been around for more than 75 years back when they were using morse code Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. More power to you. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. 
Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Geico's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. More power to you. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. People compare me with Mergasol, and I really like that comparison. And I'm looking at his clips on YouTube and everything and trying to steal some moves from him. Okay, here we go. Zubats. Alan, do you want to do an impression of Zubats talking about what the weather is like in the East Coast and why it doesn't matter? Oh, well, uh, the, the weather on the East Coast is uh, cold, but it's okay because uh, I'm hot. There you go. Zubat. So this has been the man of the hour for the Lakers, probably the best center in the NBA, not even being hyperbolic anymore. How do we assess this guy moving forward? Because he is legitimately good at this point, And we have to just wash away the fact that this guy was a number 32 pick. And I actually found a, an interesting correlation because... I think with regards to the NBA and when it comes to scouting these Euro dudes, unless the Euro dude is insanely long or tall or pops out of the page with athleticism like Porzingis, if they just have a regular, normal Euro build in terms of, you know, they're big, slow, unathletic, but they're skilled, it's easy for these types of guys to kind of get lost in the fray, right? Because case in point, Nikola Jokic dropped all the way to like number 43 in his draft. Marc Gasol was a number 50 pick that we took. Um, Zubats obviously fall to number 32. Even going down the line, Willie Hernan Gomez for the Knicks, who's tearing it up, was a, I think he's a second round pick this past year. So I just feel like when it comes to scouting these big guys, it's easy for scouts to overlook the ones that are kind of just slow, but skilled. And that's what most of these big guys in the Euro in the European leagues are, you know, they're, they're not toned muscularly. Zubats represents what the Euro big is like. And unless they're like Porzingis, who can dunk the ball out of the gym, or they're irrationally long and lanky, they can get lost in the fray. So with regards to that, I think it's reasonable to assume once the NBA catches up to this line of thinking, and if these guys are finally properly scouted, I don't think it's a an unrealistic thing to say that Zubats should have been a lotto pick this year, you know, and actually Sam Vecini of, I think he works for CBS Sports now, but he's a draft scout. He actually had Zubats at number 14 and number 15 either number 14 or 15 on his board uh, this past year. So get that guy a job. Dang. I know seriously, right? <laughs> Props to the Lakers for saying beforehand that they had him at what? Number 18, number 20. And they yeah. were surprised that he dropped to them. So I guess Tommy to ask you, what have you seen in Zubats the last few games? Obviously today in Washington, tonight in Washington, he only played 11 minutes, but that was because Tarek Black was playing really well. And even in those 11 minutes, you know, he had four points, three rebounds and you know, just the last week, two weeks, he's been incredible. Like I said, against Denver, which was pretty much his breakout offensive game where he shot eight for nine from the field, 17 points, six rebounds, one assist. This guy and his ability to shape our offense along with D'Angelo Russell is a sight for sore eyes. I feel like D'Angelo Russell is so surprised at the amount of space he gets whenever Zubat sets a screen and he's like, oh my gosh, I can shoot this jump shot with ease and not have to worry about the defender or I can make a nifty pass because there's so much space. So 
Tommy, what have you seen in Zubats the last pretty much month? Um, I've seen a lot and I've been very impressed. I, you know, we always used to talk about, we were all kind of high on Zubats when we drafted him because he just came out and did those initial interviews and he was hilarious. <laughs> and, um, we saw him play in the summer league and he looked pretty good. Um, he seemed to be putting up decent numbers when he got minutes in the D league. And every time we saw him play in the NBA, whether it was regular season or preseason, he looked just like completely lost out there. Um, granted, it was limited minutes, but we were like, okay, let's take a step back. This guy's 19. He, you know, he has a long ways to go. And he that's just, you know, like, that's just what it is. Let's check back with me in three years, basically, you know? And it's like night and day. I feel like I'm watching Andrew Bynum as a rookie versus Andrew Bynum as like a third year player in the NBA. Mm. You know, like it's it's insane to me how fast he's made this jump. He's still only 19 years old, but he has so much skill and size and props to the Lakers. I mean, like you, like you said, they had him 18. That one dude had him like 15. The reason that he slipped in the mid-20s, because I think that he very realistically could have gone mid-20s, and this is like interesting because I I sort of read about this. I think Pincus maybe was tweeting it, but this is sort of the stuff we don't really think about when it comes to how, you know, uh, front office posturing and agent posturing and all this and that. Apparently, Zubat's agent was adamant that he wants to come to America like now, and he's not going to play overseas. So he's not going to be a draft and stash player. And the problem is when you're picking in the mid-20s, a lot of those teams are looking for draft and stash players. So to the extent any of those teams had Zubats as their next best player, they had to pass on him because of what his agent was telling them. So the Lakers were the one of the few teams who were willing to you know, just take him and bring him over right away. And props to us for doing that. And yeah, this guy just looks like so impressive. He's got amazing touch. He's got amazing hands, catching, catching passes. He's, he is the best screen setter. Not, not just on our team. I swear. I, most games we play, I'm like, Zubats is the best screen setter on the floor. Um, and he's 19. So I'm just like, so excited to watch this guy continue to, to grow and, and uh, yeah, he's been he's been extremely impressive. And this is a guy who has like at this stage, his conditioning is not anywhere close to what it's ultimately going to become um, NBA caliber. His strength is not even close, especially his lower body strength, not even close to what it's ultimately going to become. And as this guy matures and gets stronger and his body movements are more like controlled, you know, that's going to come with strength and, and conditioning. It's going to be like. I, if I'm the rest of the NBA, I'm looking at this guy and I'm like getting a little bit nervous because he might develop into I, I will get there in a second, but he's going to he's going to be a very good player, I think. Yeah, so Zubats actually leads the Lakers with 5.6 screen assists per 36 minutes. So I'm guessing this means every time he sets a screen, mm. a guy will get a point off of that, you know, two points immediately off of that, which is pretty crazy to think about. And in Zubats in this isn't including the Washington game, but. In games over 20 minutes, this is per game, he's averaging 14 points, 9.8 rebounds, 1.5 blocks, 52% from the field, 89% from the free throws. I feel like he's our best free throw shooter, which is incredible and kind of sad too, but 89% is good no matter how you shake it out. And per 36, 19.6 points, 13.6 rebounds, 2.1 blocks. Embiid who? (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, it, it it sucks that Zubats didn't get more playing time to begin January, or else I feel like he mm. could have easily won Western Conference Rookie of the Month, and maybe even got in consideration to go into you know this Rising Stars Challenge for the world. You know, he just had he had, just hasn't played enough games. But did you see who won the Western Conference Rookie of the Month? It was Marquise Chris with eight yeah. points per game in the wow. month of January. You know, so you'd imagine if Zubats just gets twenty plus minutes for all the games in January and averaging fifteen points and ten rebounds, he would have. G- got in Western Conference Rookie of the Month opposite Joel Embiid. So we always talk about how Joel Embiid's per 36s are amazing. Well, guess what? Zubats is amazing too, per game or per 36. So, Alan, what have you seen from Zubats? Yeah, I I agree with everything that Tommy said. Um, I'm so impressed with his hands. There have been so many errant passes that have been thrown his way that are way too low or where you would think would be completely out of reach. But he has such soft touch. Like, you could throw an egg at him super hard and it probably wouldn't crack when he caught it. <laughs> um, so that alone is – that's just something like you, you can't even teach that, right? Yeah. It's something that you pick up on when you're five or six years old just starting to play basketball in the gym or whatever. So, again, I, I think as far as the, the trend for these European bigs, I feel like in the future you're going to start to see a lot more teams pick up on that and – take some some calculated risks as far as drafting them you know unfortunately Darko Milicic way back in the day put this negative stigma on these mysterious European guys but that has clearly been reversed um, over the last few years and and Zubats is also great evidence of that Um, the other thing that stands out to me a lot is his confidence I mean if you go back to the interviews when he was in summer league I mean we all laughed yeah, man, this guy is brimming with confidence. He thinks, like, in a humble way, he thinks very highly of himself. But I guess it came off that way because he sincerely meant it and truly does believe in himself, and he's not delusional and he isn't crazy because you look at where he is right now, he's one of the best rookies over the last however long he's been playing consistent minutes. Uh, when he said, I want to be an all-star and I want to be this and I want to be that, He's not kidding. (laughs) He has great self-awareness where he can project himself as being that great. So that's what really excites me. Uh, He seems extremely coachable, too. There were a few defensive plays uh, the other night against Denver where he got called for fouls trying to go up vertically to block shots or at least contest. And you'd see him like go over to Mozgov on the bench and Mozgov's great at going up vertically. For as much smack we talk about Mozgov, he is good at that. Um, he was, you could tell he was teaching Zubots in that moment, like, no, you need to make sure your body isn't you know, turned awkwardly as you defend the guy driving to the paint. You need to square up your shoulders, blah, 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 blah. And Zubots wasn't arguing with him or anything. Like, I'm sure he absorbed that information, and it'll be really exciting to see him implement those things in his game going forward. Um and again, it all points toward a, just a different philosophy in Europe as far as basketball is concerned. I forgot who I was listening to, but they made a really good point where here in the U.S., coaches will say, okay, all the guards, you guys go to this side of the court. All the bigs, you go to that side. And in Europe, that's not how it goes. It's everybody go to this side of the court, and we're all going to work on the exact same things. I don't care how tall or big or small or short you are. And it all kind of goes back to that. No, and it shows. These guys are very skilled. They all can shoot. They all can pass. 
they all have fundamental skills somehow as well. And at this point, I feel like European bigs, what you're lacking in maybe athleticism and upside and, you know, excitement and all that stuff, I feel like at this point, they're probably safer than some of the raw American prospects. You know what I mean? That stuff is overvalued. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, comparing Mozgov and Zubats, Mozgov per 36, 13.3 points, 8 rebounds, 1 block. Zubats, 16 points, 14 rebounds, two blocks. So it's just yeah. funny, like, the, the difference between the two and how fast and quickly Zubats is picking all of this up. So I wanted to ask you guys, how do we view him moving forward, valuing or assessing his value properly? Obviously, like I said, we can't see him anymore as this number 32 pick. He's clearly going to be part of the core, even though, you know, early on, in January, I was saying maybe we can throw Zubats into any Lou Will trade to get a team to bite. At this point, would you guys even think of doing a, a trade where it was Lou Will and Zubats for Willie Cauley Stein? Because I honestly think I would say no. No, I definitely no, would I would say not. No. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. definitely would say no. I, I think Zubats is showed skills. We watch a lot of basketball. I know the center <laughs> position is kind of dying a little bit, but. Zubats has showed has shown skills offensively that like I don't know five centers less than that have in the entire NBA and he's 19 you know and yeah. defensively he's actually not nearly as bad um as I thought he would be on the pick and roll uh defending the pick and roll I should say mm-hmm. and this guy is not even developed laterally he's not you know yeah. his lower body you know, when he moves around and he takes like a wrong step and it looks like he's about to fall down, like <laughs> that clumsiness is going to completely start to go away as he gets more lower body strength and better conditioning. And, you know, they you can train agility, you know, so yeah. all that stuff is going to get better. And his defense is already not bad. He's like our best rim protector already on the team. Yeah. And we thought yeah. Mozgov was easily going to be our best rim protector. So I, for those reasons, I think there's no way you can trade a guy like Zubats who's coming along this fast. Um, you know, you could say, okay, Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein is three years older than Zubats. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say he's like an old man, but I'm just saying if Willie Cauley-Stein is where he is right now, and it, despite all of the, you know, he's this is the second year in the league, and I know he hasn't really been getting minutes, but like Zubats has like kind of taken minutes. It's like yeah. Alan said, like we sort of laughed it off when – Zubats was, I think, on his like it was either his draft day interview or shortly thereafter he made. I think literally he said something like, "You know, oh, like, you know, what do you, what are your goals for this year?" Somebody asked a question along those lines, and he basically said that you know he expected to play this year. Right. And we all like kind of thought that was so fun. Like maybe in the D League, like there's no way this dude is going to get minutes on this team. Like maybe the very, very end of the season, the last five games, they'll like throw him a bone and and trot him out there. But he is like one of our best players actually right now. And it's just so it's so interesting. I feel like whatever IQ gets lost whenever he's speaking English or, you know, learning a new language lost in translation he more than makes up for in his basketball IQ because he can speak basketball very fluently, more fluently than his American teammates, right? I think that's the most impressive (laughs) part. Like, this guy is so smart. Like he's he doesn't, extremely smart, and he yeah. picks everything up so quickly. Is he some sort of savant or something? He might be. Yeah, <laughs> he might be. I don't know. Because you you watch the way that he sets screens and then rolls and then he gets the quick pass and he makes a quick decision with it, right? He either flips it up really softly or makes like a really good read 
off the pick and roll as the role guy, you know, like where guys who have been in the league for two, three years are still trying to figure out how do I pass the ball to my teammates? Do I take this shot? Do I pass it? And this guy is making quick read decisions and we have to credit his basketball IQ above everything else, given the fact that his body's not fully formed, but he's already kind of pushing guys out of the way with just, you know, flub really. So um, I think if he continues to even get like these, 15 to 20 minutes till the end of the season, he's going to make an all NBA rookie team, especially given how bad this rookie class is, you know? Yeah. Can you imagine Zubats making the second NBA all rookie team? <laughs> That's insane. That's, That's insane. Crazy. And Wait, just, just yeah. this might be off topic a little bit. Is the NBA all rookie team or all NBA team really, do they distinguish center or is it just, is it three forwards like the all-star team? I mean, That's I think a there question. is a center. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. he pr- he's probably, even if he deserves it, he's probably not going to be on there with Embiid, you know? So, yeah. but honestly, he is the second best rookie center. Yes, easily. Mean, he, he, easily, right? Easily. And that's, that's crazy that we can say we have another guy to add to this core. So Because nobody would have guessed no, that. I didn't cue you guys to this, but if we had to rank our main core guy pieces, where would Zubats fall mm. in that? Because <laughs> for me, hold on, for me, I think he would rank... I don't want to be sensationalist. I don't want to get caught up in the moment. But Number given... one! <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, not, I don't want to go that far. But I think I would put him at number three. I would Bra- too. I Brandon Ingram, D'Angelo Russell, and that could be 1-1-A, one, one and then Zubats. He's shown the most potential in such limited time, knowing that his trajectory for growth is huge, and he's already shown this. So what about you, Alan? Oh man! Uh, as far as value and like trading the guy, hell no! I would be re- so freaking disappointed. I'd lose all faith in this organization if they traded the guy, <laughs> unless no it's for someone to. who's incredible, you know. So yeah, he's not a throw-in piece whatsoever. We we clearly got a gem here. He just does so much. He does everything. I mean, if you need a quick, easy bucket for a post-up, he's got a jump hook. He's, he has a freaking legit sky hook. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's got that like that push shot from about seven or eight feet out when he catches like a pick and roll, he has just amazing touch, you know, like it doesn't matter if it's short, if it's long, he's going to get that bounce or that roll stretch the floor out to about 15, 16 feet. Who knows? Maybe he could shoot it further. I mean, we, again, we heard him say like, if coach wants me to shoot threes, I'll shoot threes. And again, we all laughed at him. He could probably freaking shoot threes. I would not be shocked in the D league at all. Yeah. So um, the sky's the limit for this kid, which is is pretty crazy to say. Um, I mean, you look at a guy like Nikola Jokic, who's just tearing it up. And, you know, again, Jonathan, when you and I in the summer did those uh, redraft type things and we had him like top five or like even top three pick uh, in the draft. And I mean, there are just so many things that stand out about Nikola Jokic as far as having an all around game and. I see Zubots in the same light now. Uh, as far as ranking him amongst our young guys, yeah, I'd have him at three or four. I think I think with Randall, like, as frustrating as he can be with his lack of touch and things like that, I'm not saying he's going to figure out how to get touch because that's not easy to do at this stage, but I think he'll hopefully learn where he's most effective right. and he'll he'll pick his spots, you know. I mean, the guy has two triple-doubles this year on a team that doesn't shoot particularly well. So you definitely can't ignore those things. So if if Zubats is the third or the fourth like top guy out of our young core, that's that's still incredible. 
Yeah, and you know, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because some people on Twitter will start saying, <laughs> like, did we, how come we drafted the best player at number 32 who's better than our number two pick, Brandon Ingram? You know, and I just want to qualify all of that by saying Zubats is a seven foot behemoth yeah. who is going to get these easier yeah. shots than Brandon Ingram. They're not relying on Zubats to play make and cross people over at the three point line. Okay. So yeah, no, we don't, we don't want to compare from one, two completely different positions either. Their learning curve is so much different than each yeah. other's, you know, Zubats just his pretty much, he has three things on his list, like screen hard, roll hard and dunk, you know, and Brandon Ingram's like, Oh, I got to get past my defender. And if they close out on me, I got to find a way to attack that find counter moves, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Keep those expectations. And Zubats played professionally. Yeah. That's you true. know, that makes a huge difference compared to college. Right. So, you know, like you guys said, sky is the limit for Zubats, and it's crazy that he has progressed so quickly. And it would be such, it would be so much fun to have one day a Lakers Sixers NBA Finals and have Zubats versus Embiid. And it's it's funny because both of these guys are really funny in interviews too. So like everything yeah. kind of matches up and uh, parallels with each other. So I, at this point, I would take. Zubat's quotes and uh but I mean just he rivals <laughs> he rivals Embiid in quotes then maybe someday he could even rival Embiid in just actual play because he's already shown so many flashes in such a short period of time so uh does anybody else have any last thoughts on Zubat's Tommy yeah I think the two best centers are going to emerge in the next few years as being Carl Towns and Embiid okay those guys are going to be like 25 you know 25 ish points a game 10 rebounds lots of blocks they could shoot three they could do everything those guys are on another level after that you literally you know once Marcus Saul who's 32 years old starts to fade out Brooke Lopez is eventually going to start to fade out you're talking about like guys like Hassan Whiteside, Andre Drummond, Ennis Cantor, you know, Dwight Howard, Rudy Gobert, like Steven Adams, pretty good players, but like not skilled offensively, really. And to the extent they have hold any value, it's mostly defensively. And, you know, defensive uh, value at the center position is oftentimes really hard to judge because. As we've seen and we've, you know, people are starting to talk about it more now, but it's not all just about blocking shots. So Mm -hmm. to have a guy in, I I don't care what the trend of the NBA is. If you have a guy that you could throw it to any point in the game and he could put it on the floor in the post and hit a hook shot and get you an easy basket, that is very important. If you have a guy you could run screen and roll with and he's going to convert, you know, almost every single time he catches it as the role man, that's extremely important. And not just dunk it, but like catch it and do his flip shot, catch it and pass it, catch it and do a hook shot, you know, his push shot, whatever. He's got all these moves at 19 already. Um, I, I definitely would have Zubats as my third best guy. And I, I mean, my third prospect that I'm most optimistic about. And, yeah, it's just so it it feels so nice to know that if we if Zubats ends up being that type of guy and continues to develop the way he does or the way he we expect him to, it doesn't matter if we don't. I mean, obviously you want all your picks, but if one of D'Angelo, um, Ingram, and Julius Randle gets traded or doesn't end up becoming the guy we thought that they were going to be, you have Zubats to fall back on as like your other guy who ends up being a legitimate NBA starter. Um, and you got him as a second round pick. Nope, totally agree. And, you know, I said, don't get ahead of ourselves and talk about how is Zubats better than Ingram. 
I can at least say with certainty that Zubats is better than Okafor. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and honestly you don't even have to really think about that too hard he, he is i mean he can do it on both ends already he's showing that he probably yeah defensively is the biggest thing right this guy can play solid defense and once his his mental aptitude for defense coincides with his body you can only imagine oh my gosh this guy could be very lethal and he's already blocking shots as it is has good position on defense so yeah he's gonna be scary and a good example and i know people always throw out the marcus all thing because their body types are so similar but it's true marcus all was never in his prime of his prime was never like a uh, a big time athlete it's you know he wasn't maybe like a slow plotting center he definitely had some agility and some speed and obviously a good deal of strength but he was never a big time athlete and the reason he was one of the best centers in the nba and still really is even at 32 years old is because of his intelligence and i think that's really what zubats is going to become he's going to become an intelligent defender and once his his physicality and his physical attributes and you know training and all that stuff start to increase and his basketball IQ on the defensive end start to increase. It's going to be like, it's going to be really interesting to watch. Yep. So Zubats, how good do you think you are and where do you see yourself going? Well, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think I'm like the best, uh, at least uh, for the very young centers, you know, but uh, as far as the later, I think I, I think I can be the best. And, uh, you know, I, I love basketball and I uh, love Lakers and I love to work. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to be good. How hot are you right now? It's cold outside, but uh, I think I make a difference in the uh, temperature, about uh, 15 degree warmer. Nice. There you go. If it's a Zubats, everybody, he's going to be great. switched a lot of things in my life, but it's never worked out. I switched to being a vegetarian, but ate more bacon than ever. Every time I switch lines at the grocery store, I never pick the fast one. But one thing that totally worked out is I switched to Metro PCS and got a free Samsung Galaxy. Make the right switch too. Move to Metro PCS and get a free Samsung Galaxy J7 with a huge five and a half inch screen. Metro PCS, wireless, figured out. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details, terms, and conditions. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi! Did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi! You have high cholesterol! Hi! You're fine! And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi! There's no one 
Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end and credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.